Hey, everybody. Happy Monday. This is Heidi St. John. It is Monday, June 25th. We are already at the end of June. Makes me sad. Okay, actually, it's not entirely true. We have until the 30th, but still, we're in like the last week of June, which I'm just like, what in the world? I haven't even had a chance to tear up the carpet in my uh, family room yet. (laughs) But today, I'm going to answer. First of all, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. This is Mailbox Monday. I am getting so many questions over at Mailbox Monday that I'm I am um, I'm kind of feeling like I'm a little bit behind. So I'm going to try to shorten my answers a little bit, and I'm going to try to attempt at three of you, Jennifer, Melissa, and Shannon, your questions today. We're going to talk a little bit about um, what's going on in California. Some of you guys have been asking me to update you. California is on fire legislatively. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're going to talk about uh, suicide, which has been on a lot of your hearts and minds, I know, uh, because of what's happening, certainly with Kate Spade and again with Anthony Bourdain. And many of you listening to this have experienced the loss of a loved one in your own life. So we're gonna, I'm going to touch on that for just a minute. And then Shannon had a really quick question I'm going to try to answer before my 20 minutes is over. So stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. All right. So Jennifer asked if I would talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in California. So I talked about this a while ago. Uh, There's a couple of uh, bills before the Senate right now. The Senate Judiciary Committee has been looking at um, Assembly Bill 2943. So um, I talked about this before. So in case you guys aren't familiar, you don't remember, um, these are being pushed by the LGBT caucus, um, um, AB 2943 and AB 2119. Let me start with Assembly Bill 2943. This is a bill that would outlaw anyone helping anyone with an unwanted same-sex desire or gender confusion. Let me just read that again. This is going to out this this bill would outlaw helping anyone with an unwanted same-sex desire or gender confusion. In other words, so a person comes to you and they say, "I'm struggling with homosexual thoughts, I'm struggling with my gender identity," and you help them in a California, that would be illegal if they get their way. Um the the bill text declares Quote, advertising, offering to engage in or engaging in sexual orientation change efforts with an individual as illegal under the state's consumer fraud law. Just let that sit. Sexual orientation change efforts is defined as, quote, any practices that seek to change an individual's sexual orientation. This includes efforts to change behaviors or gender expressions or to eliminate or reduce sexual or romantic attractions or feelings towards individuals of the same sex, even if they don't want them. This is insanity of the highest order. And the Senate Judiciary Committee approved this on June 12th despite over 350 people testifying in opposition. The bill is now moving on to the Senate Appropriations Committee. This is uh, devastating. This is devastating, and uh, it should. You, you, we need to be fighting this with everything that's in us. I know that um, the Alliance Defending Freedom is on this. I know Pacific Justice Institute has made a statement against two, uh, 2943. Uh, uh, really, what's happening is uh, California is becoming a police state. And so if you live in California and you don't know about what's what's going on there, uh, this is going to affect uh, Christian schools. This is going to affect books because it would bar the sale of any books that express Orthodox Christian beliefs on sexuality. Um, Al Mohler wrote about this beautifully uh, in an article, which I will link back to 
uh, today. Walt Heyer, who is an author and a speaker and once lived identifying as a as a woman, uh, he said, if California's LGBT therapy ban had been law 30 years ago, I might have killed myself. This is crazy stuff that's happening uh, in California, and we need to be praying like crazy. You guys know me. I believe in the power of prayer, and we need to be speaking out about this. So basically, they're they're telling you that if you want to counsel someone who wants out of a gay lifestyle, uh, they're going to they want to convict you of fraud. So um, and they're targeting churches that want to help these people. It's just the whole thing is um, is sad. And Californians, uh, if you believe in freedom, which I hope that you do, whether you're a Christian or not, uh, this should be the I mean, people should be in the streets over this. So the bill was approved by the Senate Judiciary Committee on June 12th with a vote of five to two. So people who voted yes uh, to approve it was uh, Senator Hannah Beth Jackson. She was the chair, Senator Robert uh, Hertzberg, Senator Bill Monning, Senator uh, Harry Stern, and Senator Bob Wikikowski. These are all people that want to limit your freedom and uh, your right to free speech and your right to help people who actually ask to be helped. So uh, there's a call to action. I will... um, I will link back to it in the show notes today. It's not completely done yet. You can call and write members of the Senate Appropriations Committee. This needs to absolutely needs to happen. You can email letters of opposition to the Senate Appropriations Committee. Remember, this is where it goes now. Now it's going to the Appropriations Committee. And uh, we want to just encourage you. You can write to them and say, hey, this is not okay. You can say, I'm writing to oppose uh, Senate Bill 2943. The proposed bill would likely be deemed unconstitutional because it infringes upon constitutional rights of numerous religious organizations, California residents, and professional counselors. Uh, And then it goes on to explain, and I will put this wording at the show notes today for you, but it says... um, Under Senate Bill, I'm sorry, under Assembly Bill 2943, a pastor paid to speak at an event addressing current social topics could not encourage attendees that they can prevail over same-sex desires or feelings that they were born with the wrong sex. In these scenarios, there is a transaction, the counselor's payment, uh, the conference attendee fees, the cost of a book, et cetera, et cetera, that would trigger AB 2943. And under the bill, a person or organization who is paid by a consumer for goods or services cannot engage in any practice, including pure speech, that tells someone they can overcome unwanted same-sex attraction. Please accept this mutually agreed upon letter to show our united opposition, and we urge you to vote no on Assembly Bill 2943. This is terribly important. I'm going to link back to this in the show notes today. Uh, Even if you don't live in California, you could absolutely be a part of this. Write to California lawmakers. Let them know this is not right, and it cannot stand. So that's an update. I actually didn't think that would make it through. I thought, uh, I thought, I mean, you guys, uh, California, you guys got some crazy people in government there. And I am really praying that uh, wisdom prevails and that godly people will make, will rise to power in the state of California. The Bible says that when, uh, that when evil people are in uh, authority, the people suffer. And that's certainly the case in California as it is all over the United States right now. All right. The second question uh, came today from uh, a young mom and her name uh, is Melissa. And Melissa was saying, can you please address the topic of suicide, which I don't normally do on the podcast. We talked about this a little bit when um, when 
uh, 13 Reasons Why was in bookstores. And um, I said to you guys last Monday that this is one of the main things that is on uh, the the library ban list that I talked about, right? My disgust, my absolute disgust with the American Library Association for being proud of the fact that over uh, that over 40% of library patrons and over 30% of parents have said, please don't put these books in your library, but the library is doing it anyway. Um, 13 Reasons Why is another one of those books. And we talked about it last year. I had my daughter who is a um, who works as a youth pastor at her church talking about the impact that that has had on students in their youth group. And suicide is a major deal right now. We heard about Kate Spade a couple of weeks ago, and then just a few days after that, sadly, Anthony Bourdain uh, took his own life. Uh, Suicide is a spirit. I mean, there is a spirit of death. The enemy of our souls wants us uh, dead, truly. And certainly before we can come to saving saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But the truth is, uh, suicide doesn't just affect non-Christians. It affects Christians and my husband and I because we've been in ministry a long time, well, and because we've just been uh, kicking around this world a long time, have walked through uh, suicides with people who we love very much. And it is a devastating, uh, it is devastating to be a survivor of suicide, um, a family member who's uh, lost their child or their parent to suicide. And it's devastating to be a person who's struggling with depression to the point of uh, you're thinking of committing suicide yourself. I found an article Uh, And I'll link back to it in the show notes today at Relevant Magazine. And she was talking, this woman was talking about her own struggle with suicide. And I thought it was very well written. She said, most people assume that I started running to lose weight. And I tend to let most people think that. But the real reason is a lot less glamorous, a lot darker. I started running to beat depression. Notice I didn't call myself a runner because that would imply I'm actually good at it. Me and my 13-minute mile lookout world but I didn't start running just to kick the normal depressive episode that many of us experience from time to time. I started because of a more sinister, dark night of the soul depression, the kind where you don't remember to eat, you don't have the strength to get off the bathroom floor if you make it that far, and you can't think about anything except how how badly you want to die. Most of us will agree that Christians can get depressed, but can Christians get suicidal? Good Christians. I suspect that many in the church unconsciously believe that Christians do not and should not become suicidal because suicide is, after all, something that only happens when you lose all hope. And don't Christians have the best hope there is? I always believe that God absolutely 100% had the power to heal me of my depression. But during those darkest nights, I didn't believe that God would heal me, even though I knew he could. I never lost hope in Jesus, but I did lose hope for recovery. All I wanted more than anything else was to rest in the arms of my Savior. I gave up. The temptation to kill myself felt like too much to bear. I had two options, to give into that temptation and commit an irreversible but not unforgivable sin or believe God's promise to me in his word. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so you can endure it. And so on December 22nd, 2011, I was admitted to Pine Rest Christian Mental Health Services for five days. I think Christians often make the mistake of over-spiritualizing depression and neglecting the very real physical needs of a person caught in depression's grip, while non-Christians tend to focus too much on the physical aspects of this condition and neglect spiritual health. But what if getting to the bottom of depression requires a mind, body, and soul approach? In the hospital, I rested. I began to treat my body, mind, and soul. With the support of my healthcare team, I started a new medication and added vitamins and supplements to my diet. 
I began running as soon as the weather turned warm. I took care of my body. With the help of a licensed therapist, I learned to pay attention and change my negative self-talk to heal my mind. But most importantly, once my brain started to recover, I was strong enough to address the cracks in my faith that were revealed by the depth and pressure of my, de- of my depression. No matter what depression may look like, the attributes of God are almost always under attack. Doubt follows closely on the heels of depression. How can God love me, especially in this place, even here in the belly of the whale? Jonah was suicidal too, you know. When he asked those sailors to throw him overboard, there was no way to survive. He didn't want to survive. But God provided a way out, a really awful, dark way out. And in the belly of the whale, God changed Jonah's heart, if only temporarily. And only then was he vomited out onto dry land. Without healing in the body, mind, and soul, depression will continue to creep back in. And even if I accidentally wander into that dark place again, the sign of Jonah reminds me that out of his unfailing love for me, God uses even depression to teach me more about who he is, to change my heart, and above all else, to demonstrate his power to save even a wretch like me. And like Jonah, I have been given a second chance. Unlike Jonah, I will not forget. And maybe, maybe someday, I'll be able to run a 10-mile minute, maybe less. I love the heart of this uh, woman. Uh, Her name's Karen. I love the heart of this woman. I'll link back to it in the show notes today because she's being real about what this is. And I think we kid ourselves uh, to think that Christians don't suffer with suicidal thoughts, that we don't suffer with depression. It's amazing to me the number of women that I meet and men out on the road every season uh, who are struggling because of the the thoughts that are in their minds. And I want to rem- I want to remind you that those thoughts will come from the enemy of your soul and he will use anything and everything he can to uh, get you to forget who you are in Christ. I also think that there is a physical, I know there is a physical component to this. And the stigma behind mental health, particularly in the Christian community, needs to end. So if you are struggling with uh, an illness in your pancreas, and uh, you went to your friends and said, hey, I was just at the doctor and the doctor said, your pancreas isn't working right. And so they've put me on medication for my pancreas. Uh, your Christian friends would not go, oh, you must not trust the Lord. You know, the Lord the Lord can heal your pancreas, which of course he can, but no one would make fun of you for um, accessing a doctor, like which we do all the time. God has given us men and women to help take care of our bodies and mental health is no different. And so if that's you and you're struggling today, I just wanna encourage you, A, you are so loved. God loves you. As a woman who has struggled with anxiety and gone through depression myself, um, and I'll and I will share more of my story as the as the months uh, progress. I can tell you right now, God is faithful, and He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And I also want to encourage you to reach out and get help. The other aspect of this also is the side of the people who um, have are grieving a suicide. And there are many, many great books uh, written about this. Um, one of the ones that kind of caught my eye was put out uh, by InterVarsity Press. It's called Grieving a Suicide, A Loved One's Search for Comfort, Answers, uh, and Hope. And he just, he talks about the, the questions that Jay and I hear all the time. We've been called several times to the homes of people whose uh, children have committed suicide, whose father have committed suicide. Uh, it is so painful. I think more painful even for the people who are left behind. And what we've watched over the years is the healing that comes when a you're willing to talk about it. So if you if you know somebody who has lost a child or a relative or a friend to suicide, don't be afraid to talk about it. I think that's more painful than not talking about it. Is pretending like that person never existed. And uh, and for Albert, Albert uh, 
I think his last name is Hugh. I can't tell. It's H-S-U. I don't know how you say that. Um, But this is kind of what he wrote on the back of his book. He said, "Um, Albert, the neighbor said, your mom needs you to come home. That's how it began for Albert Hugh when his father died. Anyone who's ever lost a loved one to suicide experiences tremendous shock and trauma. What follows is a confusing mix of emotions, anger, guilt, grief, despair. Suicide raises heart-rending questions. Why did this happen? Why didn't we see it coming? Could we have done anything to prevent it? How can we go on? Many also wonder if those who chose suicide are doomed to an eternity separated from God and their loved ones. Some may even start asking whether their life is worth living. After his father's death, who wrestled with the intense emotional and theological questions surrounding suicide? And while acknowledging there are no easy answers, he draws on the resources of the Christian faith to point suicide survivors to the God who offers comfort and grief and hope for the future. For those who have lost a loved one to suicide and for their counselors and pastors, this book is an essential companion for the journey toward healing. The revised edition incorporates updated statistics and now includes a discussion guide for suicide survivor groups. It's so important uh, for you to be uh, talking about these things. Talk about them with your children. This is why uh, we spent so much time talking about the book, 13 Reasons Why and Why I'm So Horrified that that libraries are carrying it and are proud of it. Uh, this is obviously, we we are dealing with uh, a, a spiritual crisis in Western civilization and indeed around the world right now that is kind of reaching an epidemic uh, level. And so we need to be talking about this and we need to be talking about the hope that there is in Jesus, helping people get help, helping people uh, get on medications temporarily that kind of gets us back to where we need to be so we can actually think clearly and uh, and then com- and then adding the component to that of love and identity in Christ. And we live in a culture that tells us that we're that we're nothing more than an animal. And we wonder why our children don't value their own lives. We are not uh, animals. God said that we have been made in his image and that he sent his son to die for us. You are so loved. Your children need to know how loved they are. And you need to know how loved you are. God's word says that he, he died for you. He loves you. And so that's the hope of the gospel, right? The hope of the gospel is that that this world is not all there is and that there is hope and victory. We talked about this uh, last week. And as, as we enter into the last week of the month of June at MomStrong International, kind of wrapping up strategies in spiritual warfare, we're going to talk a little bit about this because we talked last week about victory, the victory that we have in Christ and how God doesn't want us to live an, a life um, as a victim. He has victory for you. It's right there available to you. God is saying, I'm listening. I love you. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And that really is the message that this generation needs to desperately to hear. I want to let you guys know, I'm going to be coming back here on Friday with my friend, Aaron Chase. And on Wednesday, uh, we're going to be talking about the last week of this study at MomStrong International. So now is a super great time for you to get jump right into the summer series. We're going to be talking about things that aren't in the Bible. In other words, I want to be teaching you guys how to rightly divide the word of truth. So we're going to talk about things that are really common in the church uh, that are uh, generally just taken out of context and then sort of right the ship because God says that he wants us to uh, live in victory and to be able to understand his word and to walk that victory out. So that's available to you through the power of the Holy Spirit and through learning his word. So get out there today, you guys. Get out onto the battlefield. Be encouraged. You are loved. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.